Love you, love you, love you. Mm, I just felt an extra anointing hugging him. Hallelujah. Amen. We're salt and pepper. Come on. We're about here to flavor somebody. Amen. 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 Well, how you doing this morning? Are you in love with Jesus? Are you in love with Jesus? Are you really in love with Jesus? Are you crazy about Jesus? Are you madly in love with Jesus? Then can you stand to your feet and begin to give God some praise? Thanking God for who he is. Thanking God for what he's done. Thanking God for what he's about to do. Thanking God for coming again. Thanking God for paying for my sin. Thank you, God, for letting me be born again. Can you just give him some praise? Give him that ungodly praise. Give him that crazy praise. Give him that crazy praise. Get that breakthrough right now. Right now. All of heaven is yours. All authority in heaven and earth is yours. Can you bring the presence of God down? See, 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 see. He would sometimes, if not all the time. Oh, I got to get back to my spot. I, it's a struggle. I, sometimes, you know, we come in very classy and informant and dignitary. Like we got it all together and we still messed up on the inside. And we say that we're claiming it by faith, but faith requires an action. It means that I've got to do something. So sometimes I got to loosen up my tie. I got to get a little undignified and let the world know and let the devil know that, you know what? Ain't no stopping me now. I'm going to get a little bit crazy because my God is for me and not against me. Can the church say amen? See, I don't want you to miss the moment. See, 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 some of us don't even need to hear a word. We got to do a word. See, see, you got to realize that you can get everything that you need if we just would learn how to praise God. Now, I know if I was in here, maybe you're a Niner fan, but I've been in some places where 49 (laughs) Raiders getting all excited painting themselves the team color. And then when it comes to Jesus, we're like, yeah, well, I know your gifts will make room for you, but your gifts can bring the power of God down if we just give God the praise that he is worthy of. So with that being said, we're going to learn to get our clap on. Clap on, clap off. Come on, somebody. We're going to learn to lift up holy hands. These are the antennas. These are the fuse to the TNT bomb that we're about to release. Come on, somebody. And then we're going to get our little dance on. Mm. I used to dance real good, but now my dance is like this. I'm a little bit older now. And the reason reason I'm sharing this with you is because we got to stop waiting to come into church to get crazy for God. We, you know, we need to take that craziness that is in us and in this house and take it out there. And people are like, man, are they high? Are they drunk? Yeah, I'm. Oh, I got to get back to my place. I keep. Sorry, Pastor. I'm drunk in the spirit. And, and why? Who, 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 where'd you get that drink? Jesus. Come on, somebody. You know what? I'd rather be foolish for God than be foolish for the devil. 
Amen. So y'all can be seated. Doggone it. I wasn't looking for you to sitting down. Now, see that act of obedience? That's what we need to do for God. I was looking for somebody to rebel right now. I ain't sitting down. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. I want to get my groove on. You know, just get crazy. Amen. Are you feeling it? Okay. Okay. I want you to be able to receive it. See, because we've talked about this all the time. And yet our praise and worship doesn't change. We can't be ashamed of him. And listen, religion will never introduce you to Jesus. You know why? Because it keeps us in our comfort zone. We, we get too concerned about abandoning our traditional, uh, uh, relation, not, not, our traditional religion in the way that we grew up. Or we start thinking about what somebody else is thinking. What if I just got crazy for God, but they don't know me like that. But God does. And he's trying to bring out the best in us. Why? Because God doesn't give good. He gives best. The problem with us today is that we choose to walk around and accept good when God said, listen, best is I give you the best. I give you excellence. And what I gave to you is good, but I require the best. He's not withholding anything from us, but he's waiting on us so that he can release the best to us. Do, do you understand who you have living inside of you? Do you understand that you are the beacon of the Lord? Do you understand the power that is locked up inside you, waiting for you to give it the, the sign of release? Charge! To, to, to go change. That, no, I love it. I love it. I love it. You fire me up. I feel my hair grow. Come on, somebody. <laughs> he, he's looking forward for you and I, watch this, to touch God's greatest creation. And I got news for you this morning. The greatest creation isn't the planet. It's not the ocean. It's not the trees. It's not the sun. It's not the moon. This has been made for our pleasure. But the greatest creation is wasting away. The greatest creation is slipping right through the hands of God because we, the body of Christ, will not go out and win souls for Christ. We stay comfort in our sanctuary, familiar with one another, and we come in with so much baggage and so much junk that we just continuously minister to one another. We forget what's out there in the world. You're saved. Somebody say, I'm saved. Say it again. Say it again. Convince me. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Guess what? I am too. Hallelujah. Bless his holy name. Salvation is a gift that comes from God. We're saved by grace. Somebody say, oh, snap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, what I'm, that's the title of my message this morning. Oh, snap. Take y'all back down to the hood for a minute. Come on, somebody. Oh, snap. Well, hey, you guys welcome me. I got to welcome you. Come on, somebody. Amen. Oh, snap. Everybody has an old snap moment. Let me give you a few old snap moments. What the, the urban word for old snap is simply, let me bring it to a modern day vernacular. For real? OMG. Say what? No, real? You got to be kidding me. Oh, snap. That's all that means. We just put a little bit of soul to it. You understand what I'm saying? I want to give glory and honor to what honor is due. Let me share a few old snap moments before I give you this word. 
First, I, I've been walking with Jesus for over 27, 28 years. Not to my credit. I'm a sinful man. And I'm just sinning a little bit less. Come on, somebody. Thank God for his grace. If, if you don't have a reason to praise him, understand you woke up with God's mercy this morning. That yesterday is yesterday, but you wake up to a new beginning today. That God chooses and he's already chosen to forgive you. I mean, man, we get to walk in freedom. But we keep beating ourselves up because we remember yesterday and the mistakes more than we remember the miracles. The miracle is that we serve a God that produces miracle is a miracle and you are a miracle. A God that is so in love with you that he would choose to become like you without being you and pay the price for redemption for our sin so that you can walk in glory and power and an anointing and have an everlasting relationship because Jesus became the mediator, the appropriate sacrifice that you and I can have life, not just here, but afterwards. In other words, if I could, beloved, let me break it down to you like this. That God is so crazy about you that he wants to spend eternity with you. <laughs> Knowing that we were sin. I'm just kind of flowing right now. Is that okay? Yeah. Knowing that Darwin Benjamin, I'll talk about me, would sin. And yet he would come and pay the price. I mean, he was willing to die for my sin. He, he don't even have sin, but he chose to become sin. So that I can have life and life more abundantly. Not just now, but for eternity. Somebody say forever. <laughs> forever. So he knew that the only way that he could spend eternity with you is to pay the price so that you can be with him now and forever. Oh, if that puts value to your life, nothing else will. If that doesn't cause you to praise and shout God and thank God because he's not looking at your sin, he's looking at the gold that was in there, and it needs to be him. If God can't see his son inside of you, then you're not a part of God. But if he sees his son, he sees you. The Bible says we're seated at the right hand of God, and we're seated there with him. Come on, somebody. I'm sitting at the right seat of God looking at him. He's seeing me. He sees Jesus. He goes, hey, what's up, Darwin? Hey, what's happening, God? It's all good. Yeah, and one day when we leave this earth, we will find the radical reality truth. Ah, the word is true. And see, we should walk in confidence in that. Because he paid the price, we didn't. I'm going to say he paid the price, we didn't. We, we didn't have to pull out some money and get a bailout and appear to court. He paid for it all. And we need to be giving it away. Because every human being has been made in the image and the likeness of God. Somebody say, oh, snap. So let me share with you and give honor where honor is due. Said that he walking with me 27, 28 years. But I lied to you, and I'm sorry. He's been carrying me for 27 to 28 years. He's amazing about his unconditional love. It's amazing about the wisdom that he bestows upon you. It's amazing how he, you can take a puzzle and throw all the pieces scattered and he'll wind up putting it all together if I just choose to obey his word. Amen. It's amazing how powerful his name is. It's amazing how powerful the word is. It's amazing about the integrity and the character and the faithfulness of a God to a people who refuse to be faithful to him. Let's treat him like I dream a genie. <laughs> because watch this, watch this, because we seem to want more stuff than we want people. We spend more money on stuff than we pour into people. 
But God shed his blood in for people so that we can have rulership and dominion over the stuff. Y'all ain't hearing me this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Can I tell you about a miracle that's right here in your house? Oh, snap. Every time you hear me say, oh, snap, I want to hear you say, oh, snap. I don't care if there's no rhythm to it. Can I just hear it, though? You know, I'm not asking you go, oh, snap. Just, just say, oh, snap. There you go. Wasn't that powerful when everybody did it on one accord? Come on. Amen. 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 I thank God for saving me. And when Pastor called me, my wife and I would like to thank you. Some of you may not have been here, but ever since we got into ministry, Pastor and his lovely wife have supported us monthly. That's 20 some odd years. And Pastor's always been an encouragement to me when I was an encouragement to myself. He's been pastoring here. They've been pastoring here for 27 years, D. That's unheard of. I don't know the usual length of pastors, but he still looks young. He's got that beautiful wife, so he's still got flavor and game. Yay! Oh, snap! Just goes to tell you that the wife is doing something right to keep the man. Come on, somebody. She didn't get all dolled up and fine as wine and just his kind for nothing. She came to get the diamond, which is the man. So that she could become a queen instead of a princess. Help me, somebody. Come on now. Yeah. But, but, but the, I'm going to get you out of here before 12. Amen. 27 years. I want to speak to you who attend the solid rock. He, he hit me the other day. He goes, Darwin, uh, bring me the bill. I said, I'm going to send you the bill. He goes, yes, I want it. I'm like, ah, I'm not going to do that. And he goes, you're our guest. I go, no, sir. I'm family. And he wrote back. He says, amen. I want to bring something to you. Everybody say 27. 27. Say 27. 27. Say 27. 27. Say 27. 27. That was one for the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, and you. 27 years, God has sent you a gift in this couple. To stand behind this pulpit to give you one message and one message only, the good news of Jesus Christ. 27 years, he's taken on the devil and demonic strongholds in this city, and they continue to fight and plow. 27 years, he has his own issues, his wife's issues, his kids' issues, but they get in it together and hit their knees, and they go to the Father, interceding, taking on not only their issues, but your issues as members of this congregation who he is called to shepherd. Not only that, but the building projects, the finances, you know, taking on the, 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 the uh, uh, mayor, all anybody, but he's taking on they taken on everybody's problem and it hasn't read him out. He has stayed here for 27 years, not because he just loves you, but he loves God more and wants to be faithful to the assignment. So what I'm trying to commit to you, when you hear something you don't like, when you see something you don't like, when you may not agree with something he said, you better remember 27 years, this man has stood upon the rock and trust God for everything and anything to bless you, to bless the city 
city, to bless your kids, to bless the community. Mr. and Mrs. Pritchard have stand upon the rock for 27 years. No wonder this church is called Solid Rock. There should never be a question about their integrity, about their character, about how they love God and feel for God and how they love you. Because God appointed him to be in this place. He's brought some mighty men and women of God to join in on the team to see the vision come to pass. If you bless the vision that the pastor and his wife have, then God's going to bless you more than you can ever imagine. And anytime God begins to empty out your house and empty out your finances, he's just making room for the new. Because the old won't count. It's got to be something new. Help me, somebody. So say 27. That's faithfulness. That's a covenant promise that God has blessed you with a mighty man and woman of God to see you through. God in the flesh through men and women. That's one of the old snap moments. Where pastors are retiring. I don't understand that part. Pastors are bowing out because they can't get the church to grow. Pastors are quitting because they're so frustrated because they can't get the people to move. But 27 years, he has not been moved by what he sees. He's moved by who he knows. Come on, somebody. That's a blessing. Oh, snap. The second blessing is, uh, man, I've had the privilege you, you'll get this. Ministry is ugly in the natural, but in the spirit, it's phenomenal. I've had the privilege of traveling with Donnie Moore, who was my spiritual dad who led me to the Lord who I played college football with. And there's some things that I loved and some things I hated. And then uh, as I begin to travel and get into the bricks, not this brick, but you know, I used to break bricks. I met a young man named Dean Johnson. Dean is different. Just different. How many know it's good to be different? Because if we all were alike, it'd be so boring. But, but, but Dean got saved under, uh, through the radical reality ministry, I believe. Or there was preaching at Abundant Life, I believe it was. And, uh, Dean was different. I mean, can you ever felt like the oddball sometimes? Oh, yeah. Like you just didn't fit in? Yep. But, but he got a word. Somebody say a word. word. He got a word from God that said, one day, you're going to be traveling with these guys. Now, you know, most people be like, well, he's big enough. He looked like he could do real good. <laughs> got those big old tritons and biceps. My, my, my leg could fit in his sleeve. <laughs> and one day, Dean, who just served, he was just serving, carrying bricks, setting stuff up, watching kids surround Donnie and I and talk and everything, and something began to come alive in him. And he and I have become very, very close. I'm probably closer to Dean than anybody on the Radical Reality team. We talk almost every other night, et cetera, et cetera. I talk to Dean so much, you know, the only person I talk to more is my wife. Help me, somebody. Help me. That's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Feel me, Ben. Yeah. Amen. And um, I remember one day going after the assembly. And the Lord prompted me to go over to Dean and say, Dean, what's your dream? And he said, my dream is to one day to travel with you all. 
I said, keep being faithful in what, what you're doing. Watch what God will do. And there are times that radical reality, I mean, you know, y'all might think we all, man, we've been, I mean, we, we've had some moments. And I remember one, I, I really had to apologize to Dean because, you know, we get in this mindset that if you're doing it this way, like they doing it, it's the right way. God has a plan for each and every last one of you. And it may not be the way Pastor Pritchard is. It may not be the way that I am, but God says, I know the plans I have for you. Dean stayed faithful in serving Donnie, myself, the ministry. But more than that, he stayed faithful to God. And then it seemed like Dean became a burden. Like, dude, listen, you need to get a job. Well, God told me I don't need a job. He's going to take care of me. Oh, snap. <laughs> Bro, how is it that you expect to live and you want other people working? You want them to support you, dog? Come on, man. And behind the scenes, we used to talk. Hey, can you talk to Dean? I think there's some issues. <laughs> Dean held on to the word. And I've had the privilege to watch God lift a young man up who held on to the word. No matter what position or how you elevate people and see a people in a ministry, if you will hold on to the word, you'll watch the word work because the word works if you work the word. I remember in Turlock, Donnie wasn't able to make a trip. That made a senior pastor nervous. It made me nervous. It made everybody else nervous because, you know, Donnie's got that big old chest and that big finger. And uh, we were called to do the schools. And I already knew the pastor was unhappy that Donnie wasn't there. But Donnie was not there for a very good reason. And the pastor understood afterwards. Dean did the assemblies. I stayed in my comfort zone. I ain't ain't going out there greeting people like that. No, no, just let me do my story, do my thing, do my anti-drug, anti-game, my sex talk. And then it's all good. I, I was in my comfort zone. Dean hadn't had the experience of doing like Donnie does to win the crowd. Assemblies went very good. But just looking at the pastor's face, I just knew something was wrong. See, love does what? It always protects. So the night meeting came. Dean's fired up. Had the mic board. Did a very good job. Dean's looking forward to doing the night meeting. Sometimes love has to be tough. I'm concerned about what this pastor view is without even talking to them. But you know how sometimes you can just look at people and they, you, they be like. So I walked out to the parking lot. Dean loaded up the car and everything. And I said, Dean, do you love me? <laughs> he said, yeah, I love you. Do you trust me? Yeah, I trust you. I said, okay. We have a senior pastor here. We're going to let him introduce and do all the other thing and do the altar call. I don't want you doing it. What? Oh, snap. Now, you know, Dean's much bigger than I am. And I was just, I didn't know what to expect. But I'm like, balling up just in case. You know, grace, I'm saved. And Dean looked at me, and I'll never forget his words. I may not agree with it, but if you said it, okay. 
And I believe from that point on, Dean humbling himself to that point has caused Dean to explode like crazy in uncommon meeting in Fair Oaks. Dean is the richest poor man I ever seen before in my life. I have watched God take a young man who had a dump truck of a car that you didn't know if it was going to start or not. You didn't know if you're going to be safe if the car was going to attack you before the car, you attacked the car. You know, Dean didn't want nobody riding with him because it was so embarrassing. He lived in his car. He had no place to live. He had no transport. He had transportation. He didn't have a job. He was living with somebody else, being dependent upon other people, but he held on to the word. And I watch God. Somebody say, watch God. I watch God turn around and take a man who works for the Lord, Colossians 3.23, and whatever I do, man, I do with all my heart is working towards the Lord and not for men. I got to show up to a party I was invited to where the body of Christ came together as God began to speak and began to buy him all kind of articles that were lost because when his mom died, they threw all of his stuff out in the backyard. He, didn't, he was living out of a little, what do you call it, a duffel bag? It was crazy, y'all. And everybody thought, well, he just need to go get a job. And I watched the body of Christ come together and purchase things and fill up refrigerators and then give him an apartment that he didn't even qualify for. And it, it costs some money to live right there and every month he's paying the rent. Ain't got no job. <laughs> then he turns around and gets a terrain, nice Ford terrain and, Dean, is this your car? Yep, this is my car, paid for paid for, you ain't got no job. <laughs> then I go into his apartment and every room is furnished and there's food in the refrigerator. You ain't got no job. And then there's money in every part of the room. I'm like, you are the richest poor man I ever met before in my life. And he goes, but God, come on somebody. I'm telling you, that's an old snap moment. I ain't never seen anybody walk in that kind of faith. Because he held on to the word. So go to Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1. And we're going to do this and I'll be done in about 15 minutes. Uh, Hebrews chapter 1 says, therefore, we must give the more earnest heed. In other words, we must pay close attention. Everybody say attention. I must pay close attention to the things that we've heard, least we drift away. You need to understand the author in Hebrews is speaking to the believers and not the non-believers. Christianity is a successor to Judaism. And then people begin to doubt their faith, doubt their God of what God is doing because of their struggles. They begin to pay more attention to the world than the word. Can I ask you a question this morning? What have you been listening to? Listen what he says here. We must give account most earnestly. This is what the author is saying. And heed to the things that we have heard. They heard the good news of Jesus Christ. They heard that Jesus is the Messiah. They heard about his healing. They heard about all the different testimonies about Almighty God and understand that God's love is for them and not against them. But he said we must pay attention closely to the things that we hear. Why? Because hearing the word of God builds your faith. This faith is something that God's placed inside you and given you. It's a measure of faith that means that you can add increase to it. But in order for it to grow, I got to hear the word of the Lord. So he's simply saying to the believers, listen, don't pay attention to the world. 
But pay attention to the word, because if you take your eyes off the word, because when you read the word, the word is reading you. When you hear the word, I'm building faith up in you. He said, but if you take your attention off the word, you're going to drift away. I'm not going to praise him like I used to praise him. I'm not going to witness and tell people about Christ the way I used to. I'm not going to sit up here and do what God said I can do to go lay hands on the sick and cast out demons. All those things. I've got, I've got myself away from the word and I'm on Facebook. I'm listening to the media who does nothing but bring division, brings exchange the truth for a lie. And we pay more attention to Facebook and Snapchat and all these social media things and listen to the opinions of people instead of putting our faith back to the word and listening to the voice of God. This is why we drift away. God said, listen to my word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall remain forever. You cannot alter. You cannot change what has already been established through the word of God. We must learn to get an appreciation for the word of God. The word first was spoken and then the word came, came, became flesh and then the word became written. It is God's love letter to you. It prophesies about your future. It deals with you in your present and it tells you about your past that you can build off the past to bring it into the present so you can have an outstanding future. The Old Testament prophesies about the New Testament and the New Testament confirms that God doesn't lie. He brings things to pass. God says, listen to my word. Stop listening to your opinion. Stop listening to other people's perception. And if you want the truth and want to know the truth, put your face into the word. Read aloud to yourself so that your faith can be built. We got to learn to appreciate the word. Everybody has access to the Bible. I remember seeing on Facebook, guilty. I remember seeing on Facebook where some, some ministry sent a bunch of Bibles over to China. And those kids ran and opened up those suitcases and they saw the Bible and they were like, ah, ah, ah. they felt like they just arrived. Somebody must have planted a seed to the good news. But us today, including me, it's been a struggle for a week to even get into my word. It's been a struggle. And yet the word is right there. Don't let me be the only one today because I feel so alone. But, you know, there's this whole week I see my Bible sitting over there and I'm like, eh, not right now. You know, the struggle to get into praise and worship. I felt myself drifting away. See, the devil will always mess with your feelings so he can get a hold of your faith. You've got to understand that. We've got to learn that everybody has access to the word. And we've got to learn to appreciate the word like we appreciate anything else. Amen. It's God's love letter to you. Do you know that God always issues out a warning before he lets his judgment come? God warns you because he loves you. But if we're not willing to listen to the word, everybody say the word. the word, then God allows the enemy access to you with the hope not to destroy you, but to turn you back from the world to the word. That's what Hebrews is saying. Man, if you're struggling, if you don't feel that you're in the presence of God, if you're questioning your salvation, you're questioning the power of God, get back into the word and read the word aloud or put some headphones on, listen to somebody reading the word so your faith can arise to the occasion. That's what Hebrews 2.1 is talking about. Where are you at when it comes to the word? Do you know the word better than you know your work handbook for your job? You know, if you violate something on your job, you're going to get written up. 
But if you violate something in the word and ask God for forgiveness, he'll forgive you. Oh, snap. Come on, somebody. The word. Look at the, Matthew 22. No, excuse me. I'm going to go to Acts 17, 26. See, you're not here by accident. You come here. We come here. At a routine. It's just something we're used to doing. And sometimes your routine can take you away from the intimacy of God. That's why I said, you can always tell where people are at in their relationship with God when it comes to praise and worship. See, when people, this is what's irritating, when people say, well, I just wasn't raised that way. We don't have to do that. That's not what the word says. The word said, lift holy hands. The word said, sing a new song. The word says, shout to the Lord. The word says, get your dance on. That's what the word says. That's what the word, and the same Jesus that is in me is the same Jesus that in you. He will not deny himself. He will not lie to himself. He'll do exactly what the word says. The word, Acts 17, 26 says this, to one nation of men, watch this, from one man he created all the nations, all the people throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand, oh my God, he decided ahead of time, predestined. I love what pastor said, was already established in heaven, needs to be brought down here on earth. When they should rise and fall, he determined their boundaries. I'm going to put it another way. God says, listen, I already determined where you should live. You think that you chose to live in Diamond Strings. No, God just led you here. You think you chose Solid Rock Faith Center. No, God put you here. God said, I've already determined the places where you should live. I set the boundaries of where you could go with the hope that you will reach out for me so that you can find me because I'm not far from you. Amen. So we're not always in control because somebody say, oh, snap. oh, snap. See, the reason that we lose intimacy with God is because we don't want to die. And in order for you to, 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 to love God, you have to trust God. And God says, I'm not a God of the carnal. I'm a God of the spirit. Come on, somebody. And so we work so hard. We labor so hard. We, we've been trained since we've been born to, to, to operate on our five senses. And, and that's what we go by, man. We're not going by the spirit of God. One of the most neglected people in the house of God today, not this place, but in most churches, we won't even acknowledge the Holy Spirit. And if we can't acknowledge the Holy Spirit and he's more than just speaking in tongues, he is the third Godhead. He says, this is what I will do for you. The Holy Spirit says, I'm going to remind you everything that Jesus has spoken. And Jesus said, I'm not going to speak unless my father speak. And then Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will not speak on his own accord. He will only speak to you what I have spoken. So God says, I know the plans that I have for your life. Oh, snap. I mean, come on, somebody. So if I ignore the Holy Spirit, watch this now. I might be being drifted away. I might be lost. Help me, somebody. The Holy Spirit is the one that God left behind. Jesus said, man, I got to bounce. I got to get out of here. I got to go back to my father in heaven. Not that he was excited just to be with the father where he's honored and glory and praise. They say in Psalms, even the de devil says, man, what is man that you're so mindful of him that you would crown him with glory and honor? And give him dominion over everything that you have made. It wasn't that he was looking forward to that because he know who he is. God's son. Watch this. Oh, snap. Are you ready? God's son, Jesus, God in the flesh, had to get back up to the throne so that he could send the Holy Spirit to us. Talk about looking out for you. Anybody knew some times in your life where you should have died, but you didn't? Wasn't your time yet. 
Remember some things that you've been going through and you didn't think you were going to come out of, but you came out of? Who do you think that is? Come on, somebody. Oh, snap. So this is what he said. He said, man, I already predetermined these times. Look at John 15, 13. John 15, 13 says this. He says, you did not choose me. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, but wait a minute. I raised my hand. No, 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 no. You responded. You responded. Uh-huh. You responded because you, you got a free will. You responded, but you can't come unless I called you. Paraphrase. You can't come to a holy God in your condition unless I've chosen you. <laughs> Thank you, sister. You know, somebody fired up in here. Amen. Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. God chose us out of sin to become born again so he could fight our battles. He chose you. He knew that we would be sinful. We, he knew that we would break the covenant in the garden. Mm. Watch this. Can we go to the garden real quick? I, I, it's a quarter till. Are you still with me? Because y'all, y'all know the good news. <laughs> Jesus said, man, listen, this is when I talk to the gang members. You know, you're, man, it's neighborhood, home, career, blood. I said, kingdom, kingdom. Can we be thinking too small? God said, man, why do you want to deal with a neighborhood and die for a neighborhood in a city that you don't even own? But if you give your life to me, I'll give you the kingdom that I gave to you before you even knew me. God gave you a whole planet. He gave you this whole world to rule and have dominion. And then God told Adam, you know, how Adam came about, right? God, man, made this planet for us. He already gave you a gift and you weren't even born yet. You were hidden in Christ. I said you were hidden in Christ. Where do you think you came from? Big Bang Theory? Uh, don't think so. But here we go. God makes everything to earth. He goes, man, this is the bomb. This is for my children. I made a place of provision, breathing atmosphere. Everything is cool. Everything is dandy. Now I could bring my famous masterpiece. Let us make man in our likeness and in our image. Did you catch it? Let us. You'll never find God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in dysfunctionalism. They always operate in unity. Where three strand of cord is not easily broken. This cannot be broken. Let us! God the Father giving the order. Jesus is like, what you want me to do? What you want me to do? What you want me to do? The Holy Spirit says, yeah, dog, let's get busy. And all of a sudden, here we go. He takes, he takes his hands, right? And, and, and he gathers from the dust of the ground that he spoke into existence. Help me, somebody. God didn't make anything. He spoke everything into existence. But when it came to you and me, he said, I got to give it the mightiest touch. I got to give it that global war. I got to give it that heavenly war. I got to touch them myself. I'm so crazy about my masterpiece that I got to bring them from within me out. So he, he takes his hands and he dusts them from the the, grabs the dust and he begins to give man a head because he is the head of all things. That's right. This the intellect and all this other. He, we call it a dome, okay? Makes it round. Some of us got square heads. I ain't saying nothing, but it's there, right? And he straightens out their shoulders and then he turns around and he gives them a V cut. Mm. I miss my V cut. Turn my six pack into a one pack and. Then he turns around and he gives him legs, which simply tells me that God's walking around somewhere. You know what I'm saying? And gives him feet, you know. And I'm, I'm like, Lord, 
Well, my feet once beautiful, I got these bunions and these corns and this hammer toe and my feet are killing me, right? And, and so man is shaped and formed, but he didn't live yet. Yeah. Let us make man in our likeness and image. And then God said, the Bible says he breathed into man's nostrils. And then man became a living being. Amen. Can I submit to you an old snap moment that if you look beyond your flesh, the spirit man is going to last forever. Because you didn't come from flesh, you came from the spirit of almighty God. And then he tells Adam, he says, Adam, check this out. He says, Adam. <laughs> Adam wakes up like this. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> Woo-wee! I'm balling. Man, this is the bomb. Woo, look at the water. What are all these beasts and fish and fowls of the air? What are these plants? And God says, son. I'm paraphrasing, okay, for a second time. So, all this, listen to me, man, talking to you. All this stuff I made for you. Huh? All this? All this is for you. Oh, snap. Wait a minute. We didn't have to work for it. I didn't have to take care of it. It was just here. Yeah, son, this is for you. (laughs) And son, whatever you choose to name it, that's what it's going to be. I'm entering into a covenant with you, and it will never change. Tree, bird, black bear, grizzly. Fish, it's all still here from the beginning of time. It has not changed. And you can have rulership, dominion, and authority over everything that we make. But, 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 son, 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 peep this out. I'm giving you permission to name everything. I'm giving you permission to take rulership over everything. But of this one thing, do not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Why is it? that we choose restriction over God's permission. One thing, just, just all this in the entire world, in this garden, man, just stay away from that one thing. And we couldn't. Why do we do the things that we're not supposed to do? Why do we fall in love with the things that we shouldn't fall in love with? Why do we enjoy sin more than we enjoy a savior? Why do we get excited about stuff instead of people? He says, stay away from the tree. It, but, but listen, son, I know you. Can I tell you God knows you? Oh, snap. You can't hide nothing from him. He knows your past, but it's erased. He knows your present, and he knows you in the future. He knows how it's going to turn out. Look how awesome God is in this old snap. He goes, well, listen, when you do, then say if you do. When you do. He goes, I'm coming. I'm going to come myself because I've decided to love you unconditionally. You mean so much to me that I will give up myself to get you back. 
I'm going to buy back what rightfully belonged to me. I already owned you, but you left me, but I'm coming to get you back. I'm going to put an entity, a seed, a savior between you and the woman, her offspring and yours. Yep, the devil got some children. So here's Adam. He's like, okay, I got that. I got that. I got that. Everything was cool until Adam got disappointed and chose, like, man, there ain't nobody like me. Shoot. I mean, you know, Daddy, you and I are one, man. You're my dad. I expect you to say good things and please me. You know, that's all good. But what about me? Sound familiar? You ever got that? What about me? What about me? Yeah, I didn't choose you. You chose me. You bought me into here. You, you bought me in here to be all alone? What? What? So God says, okay. I'm going to grant you your heart's desire. You want somebody like you? This is good. What I gave you was good. I'm going to give you something a little bit better. Good night, son. <laughs> and he reaches down inside. He reaches inside man. Somebody say inside man. He reaches inside man. He pulls out a rib. And he makes someone, not something, someone out of someone who's already been made. And when Adam wakes up, you thought he was astounded by the world he was given? He's like, holy shebang! Yes, oh man, flesh in my flesh, bone in my bone. This is my woman. He's excited. Ladies, can I say something to you? Single or married, you excite us. You make the man come out of me. You belong to us as men. Flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. Can you see Adam? Yo, baby, peep this out. Look what I did. I mean, my father gave us. But he told us to stay away from the tree. Point closed. I got to hurry up. Adam was so much like God, made in his likeness and image, he resembled God. You can see the difference. And he tells Eve, yo, baby. Keep this out. Look at all this. Pastor Pritchard gave us this church. Look at all the people. Look at our family. We was busy, huh? Come on. Be fruitful and multiply. You've been real good to me. But you know what? Uh, there's this one thing we can't, can't mess with. You got that, right? It's all good, right? So stay away from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, right? All right. Got you. I'll be back. <laughs> Look who's leaving first. Oh, boy, I'm proving the point. No, go ahead, baby. I'm good. And uh, the enemy goes after Eve, and Eve participates of the fruit. Remember, God gave us permission before he ever gave us a restriction. Yeah. That's right. And that one decision to disobey God caused a generational curse throughout the land. Here's Darwin's theory. You ready? Somebody say, oh, snap. Oh, snap. 
You want to hear from Darwin? Yes. No, hear from the God that's in Darwin. Amen. Yes. I believe this with Eve. We've heard that Eve blamed Eve for going to participate of the fruit. But really, the fault is Adam. Men, everything, and I mean everything, starts and ends with you. Everything. The beginning, the in-between, and afterwards. Jesus didn't come as a woman. He came as a man. Watch this. When Eve partook of the fruit, she turns around and she bites into it. Now, I don't believe sin was fulfilled right then and there because you need the other half. Come on, to complete something. But something shifted inside of her. She didn't feel pure and clean. See, see, when you disobey God, you drift away. You get away from the cause and the purpose. If you follow the person who has the purpose, that's where you get purpose from. It's for the person who has the call. Something shifted inside of her, and I believe she became desperate. And when you get desperate, you go back to that which is familiar. And, And she was hoping for somebody to take a stand. Hear me, men. The women been carrying the crutch too long. The women been involved in church for too long. The women been headship in the home for too long. In positioning when we should be doing our thing first for the Lord and taking dominion over our household and setting an example who Jesus is. She took the fruit of the tree and she came to Adam, who is identically like God. Peter shows up and he gets into the boat. And they're coming back, and Jesus says this after he was teaching the people the word of God. He says, Peter, Simon Peter, calls him by his name. How did he know his name? He's God. This is the calling of the first disciple. I'm sure he's heard about his testimony. I'm sure he's heard about the things that Jesus Jesus has done just like you and I. He says, Simon Peter, I want you to go out here. Go out again in your boat and throw the nets over here to the right. Here's Peter. Say what? Man, who does chump think he is? Think of the attitude Peter has here. Man, we've been out here all night, homeboy. You gonna try to tell me my job? You know how long I've been fishing? You know how long I've been providing for my family in this community, in this city? I am the man. Talking about go out one more time. You done lost your mind. But notice what Peter does. That pride steps in. He's like, all right. I've heard about you. Okay, master. That's what they call him. I ain't calling him no master. I'm the master of the sea up in here. You understand what I'm saying? And, 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 and he goes out and he throws out the net. And the fish begin to jump in like crazy. The Bible says that the fish begin, the boats begin to sink. And then Peter goes, yo, homies, up. Y'all better get up over here. Get up over here. How many know that God always does exceedingly abundantly more than what you can ever imagine? He'll always supersede your need, do it more abundantly, amen? And so Peter sees all these fish jumping in, and what's the first thing that Peter does? Peter doesn't celebrate with the fishermen about the fish. He runs back to the shore. Some of us need to run back to the shore in understanding what God's trying to do. When he runs back to the shore, what does Peter say? He says, depart from me, Lord, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Bible said he hit his knees and he bowed down, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. Oh, my gosh. I'm a sinful man. What are some things that we can learn from Peter here? Number one, where there's pride, it'll always become the fall. The second thing is to notice that Peter, even though he didn't doubt or believe God, he still acted upon the word of God and the word would not return void. 
Number three, before Peter ever bowed his knees and bowed his head and his mind, he bowed his heart. Right. Number four, it wasn't that Peter recognized God, beloved. If I get somebody to come play, we're wrapping this up. It wasn't that Peter recognized God. Watch this, beloved. But it was the fact that God recognized Peter. Here's Peter in his sinful state. This is the same Peter that God would use to build his church. This is the same Peter that God knew ahead of time that he would have to rebuke him because his mind wouldn't be on the things of the kingdom, but be on the world. When he said, Satan, I rebuke you. When Peter came up to him and said, Lord, I'll never let you go over to this place to die. It's the same Peter that would die upside down on a cross because he came into the truth of almighty God. And notice what God does with Peter. The same thing he did when you and I met him. I don't deserve to be here. I'm jacked up. I'm hurting. I'm a drug addict. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a murderer. I paid for abortion. Oh, my life is jacked up. Oh, God, get away from me. I'm a sinful man. I want you to know about the God that loves you. His love not based on what he can give you. It's who he gave to you. His son. And he stands there at Peter. Not arrogant, not defiant, not mad, but stands there in love. And he hears Peter, get away from me. Get away. I deserve death. I don't deserve to stand before a holy God. And can you see God standing there coming in the image of man? Peter, I ain't going nowhere. Now the work can begin because you recognize your state and you come with humility. Now, Peter, the gift that I gave you to be a fisher of fish, I'm going to use you to be fisher of men and you're going to carry the good news of Jesus Christ. Peter, you didn't choose me. I chose you and I'm never going to leave you or forsake you to the end of time, son. I'm not going nowhere. I'm here to stay. This is the love that God has for you. This is the love that a relationship with a holy God desires to give you. I know all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but he knew it, but yet he still came. He still desires to use you. He said, I came to seek and save that which was lost. You and I at one time were lost. I was blind, but now I can see. I was dead, but now I'm alive because he came after me. Oh, snap. And now we've been given the honor and the privilege to carry the good news of Jesus Christ. This moment in time, if you would stand to your feet with me, I'm going to ask Pastor to come. I told you I would have you at a 12. I lied, so forgive me. But I want you to know, come out of your routine and stay into the relationship with God. God misses you. See, if we're not careful, you'll make solid rock the church your God. And you'll start being more committed 
to the church than you are to Christ. You got to cut Christ first. And you're the church that he wants to live in. You're the vessel that he wants to use to touch people and do what he did. He said, greater things shall you do. He doesn't want you operating in routine. He wants you to operate in relationship and go where he tells you to go and do what he tells you to do. He's so in love with you and he's been waiting on you. He's been nudging you. He's been calling you, man, to come out of your comfort zone. And trust me, what would you leave? The Bible says once Peter accepted the call, and then all of his friends left and they all forsook everything to follow Christ. Maybe you can't be intimate with God because the Bible says, Wherever your heart is, so your treasure is. What if God asked you to give up your business and get discipled by Pastor Don Pritchard? Do you believe he'll meet your every need or do you want to hold on to your wants more than his will? What is it that you're willing to hold on to that will keep you from walking in the fullness and the authenticity of God Almighty? And help me if I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to scare you straight. I'm not trying to be holy as thou. I'm trying to love you straight, man. There's not one thing on this earth that we work so hard for to gain houses and cars and diamonds and jewelry. Not one thing goes with us when we leave. Not one thing. So what is it that you're willing to forsake to follow Christ? And come into this house to get equipped and bring people to the house after they receive Christ to get equipped so we can take back our city, our communities, and our household. If you're here this morning and you never accepted Jesus into your life, there are more people in church who really believe that they're saved based on what God says and not what I'm doing. But less than 5% of Christians has ever led anybody to Jesus. We just rely on the pastor giving the altar call. You're the pastor of your home. You're the pastor of your city. You're the pastor on your job. You're the pastor in your school. You need to give an altar call for people to come into connection with Christ because they've drifted away from the word. If you're here and you'd like to receive Jesus, just raise your hand. I always thought I was cool with Jesus. I went to church as a little boy, but I sure didn't live for God. I didn't live for God. I'm willing to die for the drugs. I'm willing to die for gang affiliation. I'm willing to die for sexual morality. I'm willing to die, continue to break God's heart. But one day, my friend, you're going to have to answer for with the way that you lived. You got to learn how to honor God. We got to stop honoring the church and begin to honor God. And in honoring God, we can honor the church. What stand will you make? Is there anybody like that at all? He loves you. He loves you so much that he would come and die for you.